This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. On today's program, Dr. Roosh presents part three of the At Timothy series with a message entitled, Pursue and Invest. In this message, we talk about being fat, faithful, available, and teachable, which is the best fat of all. Let's join Dr. Nate Roosh right now to find out how. Pursue and invest. Pursue and invest. And I want us to draw, be drawn into something as we go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. You can open your Bibles and go there. 2 Timothy chapter 2. In an era where many people have no father figure, no affirmation of love, and no support, we are going to see that every person can receive the love of the ultimate good father. And friends, I want you to hear me. The good news of the gospel is not just in salvation. It is in filling the gaps of our lives. So no matter who you are, if you have something inside of you that says, I didn't get that when I was growing up. I missed out on somebody helping me with this thing. I I, I had no one to train me in how to be a woman of God or to be a man of God. I want you to see that God has a plan to fill the gaps, to help you on your journey. And just because it was missing till now doesn't mean you've lost every shot at filling the gaps of what is missing. 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting with verse 1. Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. Be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. Let me just say this. The grace that God gives you. Grace is the capacity to do something you could not on your own. It's a strength that you can receive. And Timothy, you might be missing something, but be strong in the grace that Jesus will give you. Did you know that Jesus can give you grace right where you're at? You're not an exception to the rule with this, friend. No matter what your experience is in life, maybe you let yourself down. You've done things you wish you had not done. I want you to know the grace of Jesus Christ can be there for you to live up to to level ground. You're not behind the ball. You're not behind the game. You're not missing out. God is giving you strength for this. And then he he says, my son, This is interesting language because we don't know a lot about Tim's earthly dad. We don't know much about him. In fact, last week we talked about how the faith that Timothy had came from his grandma and his mom. It came through the females in his family. But we don't hear a lot about what what was his dad like and who was he in this story. We don't know if he's around. We don't know if he spoke positive or negative things. And in Timothy's life, he's absent. But what we do know is there is something developed in the relationship between Paul and Timothy that is just like an earthly father. He calls him my dearly loved son. He's, he calls him my son. Romans chapter 8, Paul is speaking and he says this, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Now I want you to consider this. In reality, God has brought you in and adopted you into his family. You're in. You're in the family. 
You're not an outsider. You are in the family. By his spirit, he's adopted you into his family. And I think this is powerful. I think it's really incredible because I want, I want you to see is that something is possible in the church that you can't get any other place. Something happens when Paul says, my dearly loved son. We aren't just adopted into God's family, but God's family adopts us in as sisters and brothers. That there's a relationship not just vertically with heaven, but also with the other sisters and brothers in Christ. You matter, you're in. You're a part of it. You're my sister, you're my brother, you're in the family, you're adopted. I'll tell you what, being in, being wanted, being a part is a powerful force. In today's generations around us, people are chasing uh, that sense of family, young men in our city. If they don't find family somewhere, they'll find it in the gangs. They'll find it somewhere else. Young ladies that, that are wanting affirmation that they did not receive somehow in the home, they'll chase it physically sometimes with a guy that doesn't have her best interest in mind. And so the power of being wanted and in is absolutely a powerful force. It's important for you to recognize not only are you in vertically, being accepted into the family of God, but in the church, you matter, you're in. You don't have to go through 50 years of lessons to get the gold status at the church. You're in. You're in. How many have had spiritual parents? You've had somebody that's invested in you and over time. How many have had the privilege of being a spiritual parent? There's also a joy in that. And I want you to know there's a possibility for all of us because, friends, every person can pursue a Paul and invest in a Timothy. Every person can pursue a Paul and invest in a Timothy. In fact, say that out loud with me. Every person can pursue a Paul and invest in a Timothy. In other words, in the kingdom of God, it's not just about being accepted. It's also chasing a mentor, and it's also being a mentor. It's choosing to do both sides of that. How do I know that? Look at verse 2 of 2 Timothy chapter 2. He says this, You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. He says, listen, you have heard me teach these things. In other words, Timothy was in a position of following Paul. He was in an orientation. I'm learning from my mentor. I'm listening to what you have to say. A mentee must be one who's actually observing and listening to the leader. That's what Timothy had done. It requires listening, serving, and following, and coming alongside. Asking the question, will you mentor me, is not the right question. Mentoring requires your own pursuit of following someone else and chasing after them. I know this to be true with Pastor Mark Daniels, the founder of this church. 1963, he and Shirley started the church and led the church over the decades. At one point in their story, I was invited to be a part of their staff. And as I was on staff, I had responsibilities. I oversaw teenagers and worked with the youth ministry and sometimes led worship, did some other things. But throughout those times where I had assignments to do things, I was also observing and watching Pastor Dennis. I was observing everything that he did, how he preached, 
how he handled himself outside the pulpit, what he did with his time during the week, how he led staff meetings, how he led board meetings, what he did in his prayer life. I heard him pray in our, our sanctuary. And guess what? While I watched him over a 10-year period of time, he was mentoring me, and he didn't even know it. Well, maybe he did. And how many know, as I was learning and watching and observing, all of that became a part of who I am. I learned by watching. So much of mentoring is not sitting on a couch in a therapist's office, just pouring your guts out. That's therapy. Mentoring is chasing someone else in the life that they're living. Let me see what you're doing. Let me see how you handle things. Maybe you can learn from, from a, a, a couple or a parent in, in your story that's got a little bit further ahead of you on the railroad tracks, if you will. They've got kids that are a little bit older than you, and you're like, they're still sane. They haven't lost their mind. And they're kids. They still love their kids, and they've got balance in their life. And maybe you don't feel like you have that same form of balance in your story now, but you can watch everything that they're doing and learn from them. And in the body of Christ, hopefully there are many models and mentors that you can chase and follow along the way. That's exactly what he did. Now, with Pastor Denyas, I had to have a position of learning, and it's a, a principle that I want to tell you today, and it's called be fat. Faithful, available, and teachable. Now, the fat acronym would be faithful, learning to be consistent. If you're going to be mentored, if you're going to grow and be a disciple, if you're going to learn, then you got to be faithful. I've had people over time that have come to me, and they're like, would you teach me? Would you help me become what you are or learn from you? And the first thing I'm looking for is faithfulness. Are you here all the time? Every time you got something else to do, you're gone, and I see you every three weeks in church, but you want to learn from me? I don't understand that. What about being available, being open to assignments or things along the way? Can you adjust your schedule? Can you follow me? And then teachable is just that plain ability to learn from anybody. I think we got a lot of people that, that we want what they got, but we don't want to learn from them. And I don't want to be one of those people that goes, yeah, I already got that, I already got that. You're just trying to control me with your information. I'll figure it out. I'll just look it up on YouTube, right? But what if we were teachable? What if our, we were pliable and open to learning from other people? I think there's a lot of people that miss out on lessons from people of wisdom in their life simply because they're not teachable. They miss out on what God can do. There are others in my life that I did spend more time with than Pastor Dingus, although he had a profound impact on my life. And how, how many of you know all that time that I spent watching him and learning from him played out in a very unique way in this very church? Because guess who runs staff meetings now? Guess who leads board meetings now? Guess who steps into the pulpit every week now? the same guy that was learning from somebody a long time ago. And I want to encourage you that there's a payoff on the other end, but you, you don't know what it is, and you have to stay close. And even if you don't have a relationship, you can learn from people. Now, mentorship will grow over time. And so with Paul and Timothy here in 2 Timothy 2, you will see a sense of growth and development. And the voice that Paul has is one that's challenging Timothy. And he's challenging Timothy I did these things with you. You're now going to need to remember those things and make them a part of your story. In a moment, we'll talk about how you need to give it away. But don't forget all of those things. He was intentional about what he invested into Timothy. 
In chapter 3, he says this, you know what I teach, how I live, and what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. And Paul was intending to remind him of the purposes that he had put in. He was intentional. We need to be intentional about what we invest in our kids. We need to be intentional in what we invest in those around us. Not by accident, but on purpose. And he says, you know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. And then in, in verse 14 of chapter 3, he says, you must remain faithful to the things you've been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You know they're true, you can trust those who are taught you. He wants Timothy now to take the baton and keep it going. So look at verse 2, chapter 2 now. He says, you have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Teach these truths to other people who will also pass it on to others. Timothy, I've been teaching you. You love our relationship. You love what I've helped you learn. You like that, that connection we have. But now I want you to take what we have and I want you to teach other people. And it's plural, by the way. He doesn't just say one. He says others who also could teach others. In other words, have in mind when you're training somebody that they're going to train somebody. That you're not just doing it for one generation, but whatever you're teaching is for the next two generations. I think our investment in our kids isn't just in our kids, it's also in our grandkids. I think that our investment in people isn't just about helping them figure things out, it's also about helping them train others in their life. The gospel of Jesus Christ is empowering. It's meant not only to fix you and to build you and to grow you, it's also meant to help you teach others to teach others. Not just teach others, but teach others to teach others. You are meant to be a reproducing kingdom person. One that gives those values away. And not just in church, come on somebody, but in every area of your life. Think about work. Think about the community you live in. If you can invest and mentor in local school systems, for example, and just give a little bit of time, your volunteer time, to help the community that you're around. You might be helping a child and a parent, but you're also helping that child who will grow up someday and the kids that come into that home. It's not just about the one you see, it's about the ones that will come. We need to invest in the world that is around us. That's the kind of ideology that Paul is giving to Timothy. He's simply saying, you got to think beyond the present tense. Think long. Think long about your lessons. Think long about your love. It's not just about this moment. It's about 10 years from now. Come on, somebody. Church, you are more than the survivor. You are an equipper. You are a guardian of truth that must share with others. I want to challenge the people of Emmanuel to go beyond where we've been. And not just receivers of the gospel. Some of you, you have received the gospel. You love Sunday mornings. God speaks into your life. But he's not done with you. There's still more ahead. And what if God would use you even within the church to invest in other believers down the road. You're like, well, I'm not good enough yet, Pastor Nate. That's not the way the kingdom of God works. You come into the kingdom and immediately you have a capacity through the love of God to love other people. And you have the possibility that you can learn from others even when you don't 
know what to do. You, you can gain strength, courage from other people. And I would just say this as a church, we need to be the type of church that sees beyond our own role into releasing others to also do things. To not just be at the same door for 25 years and never train anyone, but to be the type of person that when new people show up, we're not threatened by new people, but we willingly invest in them so that they also can do what we do. We need to have two generations in mind with everything we're doing. Can I get an amen to that? So the question is, what do we pass on? What do we pass on? I want to keep going to 2 Timothy 2. As Paul is speaking to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, for then they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. And athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. And hardworking farmers should be the first to enjoy the fruit of their labor. Now, he gives three different uh, roles or jobs here, okay? And in those three are all hidden one value, and that is hard work, okay? But I want you to see something different each of these three things, because Paul is talking to Timothy, and Paul is talking to us. In a sense, in verse four, it's work hard and stay focused, it's the soldier. A soldier is somebody that enlists in an army, and then he has to follow the rules, not always bucking the system, not always trying to make up their own way. Some of us, that's hard to do, isn't it? Well, I think I could do it better. Why are they doing things this way on the job? How many you know that doesn't help you get promoted? That the pathway to promotion in the military is the pathway to promotion in life. Learning, even though we may disagree, to come under authority and follow the rules enables us to be promoted. That's God's way of promoting. That's what Jesus showed us. That's what the scripture talks about. When we come underneath, we understand God's way. Because how we teach the lowest level of officer that we serve under is how we treat God. And when we learn to come underneath that, Paul is saying to Timothy, you need to come under. You need to come under authority and be willing to be a good soldier and do what you're told. And as you learn to do that, that faithfulness produces something where you are promotable. Too many people want to be promoted, but they don't want to be promotable. And I would just say to you, hey, be consistent, follow through, see yourself that way. The second analogy that he gives is verse 5, the athlete. And this is actually a discipline area that Paul talks about in other letters of his. And he talks about training and having great discipline and being a person of great discipline to what you do. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, he speaks of it this way. He says, don't you realize that in a race everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to what? Run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. So I run with purpose in every step. Every step of my days, he's saying. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So he's saying, think of yourself as an athlete and go into training. This is, this is maturity here, friends. This is a mentor talking to a mentee. Now you're in the role, don't lose your discipline. Now you need to focus on a prize, running to win. This is something that 
I think we have to reset at different stages of our life. So what does winning look like when you're a young adult? It's different than it is later on. When I was a young adult, winning was finishing college. Come on, somebody. I wanted just to finish. And my last year, I didn't want to go to school. I told Jody I never wanted to visit the campus of North Central University again after I graduated. Funny thing, I ended up working there for 10 years later. But that, that was the end of, that was all I thought about. And for me, discipline during those days was going to work, making sure I did homework, and kept my eye on the prize. Many people drop out, and then they don't get the degree, which leads to other things down the road. So for me, at that stage of my life, I needed to have the discipline to stick with it. Then Jody and I got married. That marriage brought on a whole new reality. How many know marriage is an eye-opener? You don't know what you're getting into, right? And I didn't know what I was getting into. And so I had to have a different type of discipline as I stepped in. A discipline of spending time with my wife. A discipline of listening to her. And sometimes I did better than, I did, uh, than others. And by the way, I didn't get the prize when I didn't. There was no reward. There wasn't a healthy home. There wasn't a smile on her face. So I had to get back in the discipline of that. Some of you dads, some of you husbands, you need to get back in the discipline of loving your wife again. Come on now. You need to spend the time. You need to go into that activity, okay? Then as time moves on and you're raising kids, it's survival. Let's be honest. I remember when I used to watch parents of kids that were acting up in Walmart or something and we're walking around and they're acting up. And I remember going, I'm never going to let my kid do that. How many of that all changed when I had a kid? It all changed. So I had to learn a different discipline, a different way of going about it. Now I'm in a newer phase of my story, and I have to re-update my disciplines. You and I need to do that. As athletes, you're called to win right now, not just in your history, but at this season of your life. If you're in your 30s or your 40s, you got to win the prize now, the race that you're running at this stage of your life. If you're kind of moved on and now you're retired or you're going to do stages, it doesn't mean you stop running. It doesn't mean you lose your discipline. It means you update your discipline. What does your discipline need to look like now? Can I get an amen to that? Yeah. And then verse 6, he talks about the farmer. And farmers work, and they work without anyone noticing. And they learn the seasons, and they work toward something. They work toward a harvest. They give up their days, nobody even sees it. They're disciplined. They get up when it's still dark outside. They work the land. They spend long days. Why? Because all along they're waiting for the harvest. They're ready for it. And there is a responsibility, Paul is saying to Timothy, for you to move in and work hard, but do it for a prize. Have a dream in mind. Give up your time for something that's good and important. Parents, grandparents, listen to me. Uncles, listen, I know the value of an uncle in a kid's life. Sometimes there's something that an uncle or an aunt can do in the life of a, of a kid that mom and dad can't do. So all of us, as you think about your family around you, we are in a race that we've got to win, but we're also the farmers that are investing everything we can. So even when you grow weary and you feel tired and you feel like nobody's watching, you got to keep 
going. Keep at it. Keep loving Jesus. Keep loving the people in your life. Don't give up. Give it everything you have. Friends, there's a harvest coming. There's a harvest coming. We live with purpose by remembering the greatness of God's love, both for us and all of humanity. We live with purpose when we work hard and stay focused and keep our hearts pure. And finally, we live with purpose together. We need each other in this. First Thessalonians 2.8, we loved you so much that we shared with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too. There's some bonus information in your notes that I'm skipping over to right now. Some of you are following the app and going, wait, what's next? As I land the plane of my message, you can go back and read those texts about having a pure heart and those kind of things. But let me, let me bring it to where I think God wants us to be right now. On Father's Day, we need to hear the Father in heaven, the good, good Father, saying to you, you're my kids, I love you, and I believe in you. And there have been other voices that have come in in your story, moments of regret in your journey where you felt like you're lost, you feel like you've lost your purpose. And I want you to hear the voice of God the Father today say to you, like Paul said to Timothy, no, 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 remember the things that I've taught you. You were born for this. You're born for this moment. You can do this. I've got people in your story that will help in your gaps in life. There are mentors in the body of Christ, if you take advantage of it, that will help you do things that you could not do on your own. You can make it on this part of the story. Don't give up, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. To the person next to you, say, don't give up. And you can hear the God the Father say this, not only do you have a history, but you have a future. And I'm calling you into the future. And if you trust me, I will make your future more fruitful. I will pour out a new story. I'll write a new script for you and your family and for the communities around you. If you trust me and you work hard like a farmer, if you discipline yourself like an athlete, if you spend your time focused like a soldier, you can do amazing things. Just trust me. You can make it. You can make it. You can make it. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. You can learn more about the various ministries that Emmanuel offers and see Sunday services and Wednesday prayer services live every week. Check out emmanuelcc.org for details. Please be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.